you have your Bibles and you want to read along with us this morning, you can turn to the book of Mark, chapter 9. The book of Mark, chapter 9, and you can mark that spot for just a minute and go on to the Gospel of John, chapter 12. Again, we're going to start um, with the book of John, chapter 12, but to go ahead and mark there in the book of uh, Mark, in the book of Mark, chapter 9. Uh, we'll turn to those two places uh, and read here in just a moment. If I was to ask you of one thing in your life that could change, that your life would be drastically different, what would it be? Now, I know we probably all got a list, and sometimes we call it a wish list, but sometimes we feel like just something's just not going to happen because it can't happen, or it's too big, or maybe it's just something that's insurmountable. We're going to read this morning, and I want to read to you one verse in John chapter 12, in the 37th verse. Jesus was entered into Jerusalem, and, and notice what he said, or what is told here. John 12 and 37, But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. You see, there was a problem. Jesus was the King of kings and the Lord of lords, but not everybody believed that. So the whole purpose is, is that of his life is that others wanted to point to Jesus to prove whom he was. This morning, I want to ask you a very simple thought, or tell you a very simple thought. Lord, help thou my unbelief. What is it going to take to get you to believe that we serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Now, you may say, well, sometimes God's going to have to shake the foundation. You know what? God can shake a foundation. God can send earthquakes. God can send hurricanes. God can send storms. God can send all of these things in your life. So I want to ask you a question this morning. What is it going to take to help you to believe in Him? Going back to the book of Mark for just a minute. And I want to go back there. If you mark there, let's go back and turn for just a minute. Mark chapter 9. At the transfiguration, there were, He told His disciples that they were going to have the power to cast out devils. Now, I want you to notice what happens here is that there's some things the disciples were going to be able to do, but then there were going to be some things that Christ is going to say, wait a minute, that's beyond your power. There's something that I have to do for myself. It's between me and you. Let's read if we can in the book of Mark chapter 9. And let's skip down to about the... Sixteenth verse. And he asked the scribes, what question you with them? So with all this buzz that was happening about what he had done, so this buzz was happening, the scribes were trying to say, the religious leaders, they were trying to say, this is not the way that this is supposed to happen. If there was one that was sick that had demons in, you should be able to cast them out. So the question is, Jesus said, why are you questioning with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. In other words, he's, he's mute, he can't talk. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth up. And he foameth, and he gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I speak, I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. So you've got one. Now, some people get the image of, of a person having some kind of a seizure. He said the teeth began to chatter and started foaming at his mouth. And the, the father said, Lord, he said, I brought to the disciples. And he said, I wanted them to heal my son that could not speak, that was sick. And he said, they couldn't do it. I want to go on record this morning, and I hope you will agree with me. I'm thankful that there are some things that other men cannot do. 
And you know what? God can, is the only person that can save your soul. That is not something that belongs to anybody else. If you have to believe, you do not have to believe in the power of man. You have to believe in the power of God. It's not a systematic power where if this happens and this happens and this happens, like maybe an ABC, this is automatically going to happen. It's not a systematic thing. It's a faith thing. It's a belief thing. So that's why he's going to say, he said, Lord, help thou my unbelief. Is there anything in your life that you feel like you are lacking in your faith and belief in God? But let's keep reading here. And he said, he said that they would cast him out, but they wouldn't. And he said, oh, faithless generation. That's going to be important. When we talk about help my unbelief, he said, you don't have faith the way that you should. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. Here's what I do love about this particular story we're reading. You've got one that was in need and you finally got those that surrendered and said, you know what? We've got somebody that's sick and we cannot heal. Why don't you bring him to me? I love the 21st and they brought him unto him. And when they saw him, straightway the spirit tear him. He fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, how long ago since this, uh, this came unto him? And he said, of a child. And oftentimes it has cast him into a fire. In other words, there, there's some effects that happen to that. And into the waters to destroy him. But I want you to see if you can notice any doubt right here. But if thou canst do anything. Sometimes I think people walk in the church doors and they want to say, Lord, I've got some things that I need. If you can Folks, I want to tell you right there, let's take off the word if and let's reword that. You can. You tell me one thing this morning God cannot do. Hear this one. And I have a, a firm belief he cared for his son. He wanted his son to be healthy. I believe in that. There's nothing wrong with somebody wanting what's best for them. But here's the problem. You had a child that was sick, but just as sick as that child was the one that did not have faith in what he could do. And he said, if thou canst do anything... Have compassion and help us. You know what? When a soul starts getting to that place where they want to say, God, you can do it. I need help. Folks, God understands help. He understands that need in your life. But let's keep reading here. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Remember how it said you were a faithless generation. He said, if you can just believe, he said, all things are possible. So when I asked you earlier about all the things that, that, that you would desire to have in your life, uh, maybe this person gets saved or this person get into church or this person get uh, a job in their life, you name me one thing God cannot do this day. God said, if you'll just believe in these things, he said, all these things will happen. But this, this father had already had this doubt. He said, Lord, he said, if thou can. Well, notice what he said. If thou canst believe all things are possible in the belief, and straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Have thou mine unbelief. That's what I want to relate to you this morning. Can you relate and you can you understand what it's like to get to a place when you're hurting and your heart is heavy and you say, Lord, and he didn't just say it as far as a, a, a formal confession. 
He had tears in his eyes, and I believe that this come from a deep place within. Folks, if you want to commune with God, you're going to have to reach deep down in your soul. And you're going to have to get deep down in your soul knowing that God knows the most secret things about you. And this one began to pour out his soul, and, and, and he said he had tears in his eyes, and he said, Lord, I believe. And that, that, that's going east. And he says, but help thou my unbelief. That means he's going to the west. Here this man is. He goes from one direction to the other. He said, Lord, I believe. But he said, help thou mine unbelief. It said that he cried out. Notice what he did right here. That he began to, uh, to talk to the Lord and he was concerned. And he says, and straightway the father child cried out and said with tears. That means he talked out loud. And he says, Lord, he says, uh, I believe. You know what that word believe means? It's what he thinks to be true. Oh, let's talk about opinions for just a minute. You know what is not lacking in this world? People's opinions. My people's opinions are not lacking. You don't believe me? You just stop and listen. This world is filled full of opinions. I want to tell you something today. The world's opinions about Christ don't matter. It's about what do you think about him? I want to say that one more time. Are you worried about what everybody else thinks or is it more important, which I think it is, about what you think about Christ? All these opinions that are out there and all these things that are happening. And it's about, he says, I believe. What do you think to be true today? Well, this person said this. Well, this person said that. Well, this Bible reads like this. This Bible reads like that. This church says this. This church says that. Well, this preacher here, this preacher there. Folks, today, you need to exclude all of those things and listen to Jesus. Amen. And I want you to listen to what he says this morning. And he said, this father said, he said, I believe. You know what it means when he says to believe? He said, I think it to be true. And he says, I'm entrusting to you. You know what today, folks, if there's one thing you need to entrust God with, that is your soul. You need to trust God with your life and everything. And you know what? If God can take care of your soul, he can take care of everything else. It's easy for God to do these things. But he says, Lord, I believe. You know, in the, in the Greeks, there's about four different mood tenses, as they call it. And this one means actuality. It means this is actually how he felt. But he gets into the next phrase. Let, let's, let's read this for just. He says, help thou. You know what the word help thou means? He means that comes from the mood of this is imperative, which means this is something I absolutely have to have. He said, help thou my unbelief. Do you know what his unbelief is? His weakness in faith. Go back to that uh, 19th verse. He says, Oh, faithless generation. You know what I can see here? He says, Lord, I believe, but hip thou my unbelief. It's like two boxers going head to head. Uh, one's going to knock after the other. You know what I found out? When you start exercising faith, unbelief is going to throw right back at you. But what I want you to know this morning is this. Every time unbelief comes up in your life, God has promised us that His, our faith in Him is greater than anything else. Do you want to fight against unbelief or do you want to just let unbelief win? A lot of people just let unbelief win in their life. A lot of people just say, well, it's not going to happen or it can't happen. So uh, they, they just surrender. And he says, help thou my unbelief. He said, Lord, I believe. Here this man is getting a little excited. He's getting a little anxious. Thank you, Lord. He said, my child's sick. He said, this is what happens. And, I, and he's concerned about his son. And he brings him unto Jesus. And notice what happens. Is that he brings him unto Jesus. And he begins. And the first thing he did, follow this for just a minute. He goes to worrying about his son to worrying about himself. You want to know about something in your life. You need to get your life right. And you need to get what's right. He said, Lord, I know my son's sick. He said, probably worse than that is. He said, help thou my unbelief. He turns from helping his son to helping himself. And he says, Lord, 
Help thou my unbelief. Uh, for he says, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. You know what I believe this morning? That Jesus here, uh, he doesn't need much. He just needs you to give him a little bit of faith. And I believe he can turn a lot uh, uh, a little into a whole lot of things. For I remember in the book of Isaiah, chapter 42 and in verse 3, he says, A bruised reed shall he not break, and a smoldering flax shall he not quench. You know what that means? It's like a bruised reed is what comes from a swampy area that's real fragile and can break. He said, God's not going to just break you. God's going to cradle you, and he's going to take care of you. You know what? Sometimes we kind of... Let me use the phrase, sometimes we kind of become like a cracked egg. And we need somebody to deal gently with us. You know what? God can do that. He can cuddle you. He can, he can soften you. He can take you what you need. And he says, a broken reed. He said, I'm not going to turn away something that's broken. He said, I'm going to make it better. And notice what else he said. A smoking flax. Uh, he said, he's not going to quench. He said, in other words, if there's smoke coming out of that, he said, I'm not going to put it out. He said, I'm going to light it again. If you want to talk about bringing something to him, bring him a little bit, and I believe that he'll give you a lot. And I want you to ask you something this morning, and I often wonder, what is a life like that is lived without faith? I want to I reword that again. Let me ask you this question first. Is it possible to live a life without faith? Yes, you can live a life without faith. I'll even go on record saying it's possible to die death without faith. But it is impossible to go to heaven without faith in Jesus. Amen. It is impossible for that to happen. And here this father said, Lord, I believe. He said, but help thou my unbelief. There's saving faith and then there's faith that we have all along life's journey. And we see today that, that, that this one came to a place and he said, Lord, he said, I need to have faith in you. Often when a person passes away, what was known about that person is often told about and eulogy, to eulogize a person, to talk about them. What are we known for? What are we known for? Man, we really knew how to, to operate this or we could, we could work this or we could accomplish that. But I want to read to you in just a minute what I call the Hebrews chapter 11, which is called the faith chapter, the faith hall of fame. It's about people that believed. They wasn't born with it, but God gave it to them. And you know what? Wonderful things happen in their life. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. When we talk about lacking in faith or not believing, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence. You know what the word evidence means? It's a conviction about something. Conviction means you're sure. It's already, it's, it's definite. He said the conviction of things that are not seen. For if by the elders obtained a good report, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now again, Hebrews chapter 1, he talks, 11th chapter, excuse me, in the very first verse, it is the substance of things. Now the word substance means that of a foundation. You know what? I believe today that we all need a spiritual foundation in our life of Jesus Christ being that chief cornerstone. Amen. You know what? You can't see the foundation of a building, but you know what? That's the most important thing it needs in its life. When you talk about I believe, but help thou my unbelief, I really want to say what kind of foundation do you have in life if you don't believe God can do it? Name me again, and I'll sit here and I'll listen. Name me something God cannot do. God, 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 well, there are some things. Technically, you can say God cannot lie. And there's some things God cannot do. But as far as you and what you need in life, what can God not supply for you? Lord, I believe, 
But let's just go ahead and go ahead and see. He says, help thou my unbelief. Some people think faith is, let's just go out here and give it our best shot. And if it works, it works. It don't, it don't. Faith is holding God in his words that this will happen. You know what today, folks? I'm not just giving life a good, a good effort saying, well, Lord, I hope when I die, I go to heaven, folks. I believe that when, we, when I die, that there is something going to happen. I'm going to heaven when I leave here. And that's why what he talks about here, that, that, that he, he talks about, uh, he says, uh, going back to uh, John, excuse me, Mark chapter 9, that 24th verse, and he says, uh, Lord, I believe. Uh, in other words, what he is is that I believe there's something that's going to happen. You know what today, can, do you have a hope or an assurance of something that is definitely going to happen to you when you die? Amen. You know, a lot of people say, well, I'm hoping this is going to happen or maybe this will happen. Folks, you better have something you know is going to happen. Amen. And that's why he said, Lord, he said, I believe. But he said, help thou my unbelief. But you know, faith is you take the word of God. You believe it. In other words, you can believe something in the future to be as true as if it has already happened, something in the past. You know what, today, we're not talking about something that we hope is going to happen. Sure, I hope we go to a place where there is no pain. I hope that we're going to a place where we lay behind all the burdens. Well, I hope we're going to a place that, that we don't have to labor and work. Folks, that's not what he's saying. He says, we are going to such a place. We are. It's, it's as if it's already happened. It's like past tense that has already happened. He he says, uh, he says, this faith that he has, he says in this 11th chapter, he says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And, but here's where I want you to see where it gets good this morning. In Hebrews chapter 11, I want you to read how many action words you find. We think that faith is something that we just possess. Faith is also in our actions. You don't think faith is in our actions? Then what about Abraham and Isaac? When God told Abraham, he said, Abraham, you've got to offer up your son Isaac. He could have said, well, God's going to provide something, but let's just stay right here and let's just watch that ram get caught in the thicket. That's not the way it happened. Abraham had to take Isaac. He had to take the, the, the tools for sacrifice, and he had to take up. But you know what I love about that mountain? Abraham and Isaac going up one side. Abraham could not see that ram. And you know what God was doing on the other side? He was sending what he needed. You know what God's doing in your life? If you'll take off and do what God wants you to do, he's going to supply what you need when you get there. But you know what we want to do? Well, God... I I know you told me to go. I know there's going to be a sacrifice. But let me just stay right here. And once I see that ram, I'll go because then it'll be safe. Folks, that's not faith. That's walking by sight, not by the unseen. Folks, today God says, if we want to please him, he says, but without faith, that's what he says in that sixth verse, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. Can anybody relate to me this morning what it's like to want to see the ram before you go? We all do. We all want to see it before we go. He says, no. He says, you got to believe in something. Something that you cannot see. Uh, much like he tells us there, Peter did uh, in the book of 1 Peter chapter 1. And notice what he says in the 8th verse. He says, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 8, Whom having not seen, ye love. How do you love somebody you've never seen? Oh, I'll tell you why. Because it's not because you, just because you haven't seen him doesn't mean you never felt him. And whom though, now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. I love the old story about a man that tried to talk about how that he said, how do you know God exists? You've never seen him. And he starts talking about pain. He says, have you ever seen pain? He says, no, I've never seen pain. He says, you ever heard pain? He says, no, never heard pain. He said, how do you know what pain is? He says, I feel it. 
You know what today, folks, I've never physically touched God. I've never touched Jesus. I've never physically seen God. I've never physically seen Jesus. But I'll tell you this, I feel Him. And I feel Him deep down inside of my soul. My unbelief is a believer in Him. I've never been to a tomb and some have. And I'm thankful they have. I've never seen an empty tomb. But I know He's not there. Why? Because He's in my heart. He's in my soul. And that's what He's talking about here is that, 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 that people need to realize is that God, if we need to believe in You, if our faith in You, then we're going to come after you and seek after you. For I believe Isaiah even tells us there uh, in the 55th chapter, Isaiah chapter 55 and in verse 6, he says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Jeremiah says, if you search for me, he tells Jeremiah, he says, if you'll search me for me, You'll find me. That's what he tells him. Uh, there, I believe, Jeremiah chapter 29, he said, but you've got to search with me with all your heart. You know, a lot of people, when it talks about having faith in God, it's, it's, they want just a little bit, but you know what God says? You've got to hum, come having total faith and belief and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because, you know, just like it was with Jesus when he entered in Jerusalem, all these miracles they performed, and yet they still wouldn't believe. Jesus had come to a point that he wanted to save this one that was, that was having this, this, these issues where he was foaming at the mouth and his teeth were grinding together. And he says, he says Lord, I want to cast out these demons. And the disciples couldn't do that. But Jesus said, I could. And he said, and he goes on and tells them there in that account. He says, these things can only be done through praying and fasting. He said, in other words, you've got to be in touch with me because I'm the one that's going to do these things. You know, this morning I, I pray that we all might say, Lord, help thou my unbelief. There's something in our lives that's missing. There's something in our lives. Uh, that we need help with. And we pray that God might be able to grant these things unto us because He is able. For I want to turn to the book of Matthew for just a minute. Do you believe in the power of believing in something? Believe in the power of believing in something. Do you believe in it? Matthew chapter 13. Jesus had been teaching them parables and parables and parables again. Yet people still had a hard time believing in something. If believing can allow a person to enter into heaven, if believing can make the blind to see, let me ask you this, what does unbelieving do? Believing has an end result. Folks, I'll tell you this, unbelieving has an end result too. Unbelieving has an end result too. He says, Lord, I believe... But help thou my unbelief. Both of them have an end result. Which one are you in this morning? Matthew chapter 13. Notice what he says in the 53rd verse. And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence. And when he came to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? So they start questioning all these things that were happening. Isn't this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brother James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all of these things? And they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto him, unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. He said, you know, they tried to ration out why this could not be true. I believe, but help thou my unbelief. You know what today, just as soon as you start believing, 
The old flesh and the old devil is going to kick in and he's going to try to give you reasons why it cannot believe. Is this not the one that was raised here? There's no way he should know all of these things. This can't be true. That's doubt. This can't be true. Well, and notice what he says in that 58th verse. And he did not mighty works there because of their unbelief. How many churches... When people walk through the church house, when people today walk into a place and things do not happen, and it's all because they do not believe. Do you think there's a difference in hoping in something and believing in something? I have no doubt, and I, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to belittle anybody or make anybody feel bad. I have no doubt that many of us, when we come in here, we're hoping for so many things. But when's the last time you truly believed and when I say believed, it's the same word that we said in the very beginning. What do you think to be true? It's as if it's already happened. Today he said, he said he wanted to do so many things. But the problem was that when he wanted to do all of these works, they started rationing out. This can't be right. This is not the right one. There's no way this is. They started doubting. Today I pray that churches would put up a barrier at their doors and say, unbelief needs to be on the outside. Inside we're going to believe. We're going to believe in Him. And as the Father did, He said, Lord, help thou mine unbelief. Amen. Do you believe that Daniel believed that God could close the mouth of a lion? Absolutely He did. Do you believe today that, that David had to believe that God was going to give him the victory over, uh, over Goliath? Absolutely he did. In Numbers chapter 21, did those have to believe that if they could uh, to, to be in the very presence of that serpent, that, uh, the, 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 the risen serpent, that, uh, that they would be able to be healed of, the, of the, the curse of the disease they were in? They had to believe in something. The woman there in the book of Matthew, excuse me, Mark chapter 5, the woman that had the issue of blood. Let's turn back and read there for just a minute. Mark chapter 5, and I'll hurry and I'll hush in a minute. But you know, all these people believed. Naaman had to believe that his leprosy would be healed or he would have never went into the water. If he didn't believe that these things could happen, then why do we ever begin on the, to begin to begin with? For Mark chapter 5, notice what he says. I want to skip down to about the 20, well, the 21st verse talks about Jesus raising Jairus' daughter. They believed. But skip down to the 25th verse. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years suffered many things and many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. And when she had heard of Jesus came and the press behind him and touched his garment. For she said, you know where the if is? Not on what God can do but on what she can do. You think there's a difference in that? There's a difference in what God can do versus what she can do. You know, when we read about the Father in the beginning, He said, if thou. She's saying, if I can. There's a difference in if thou talking about God and if thou as individual. He said, if I can, if thou can. Notice what He said. She said, if I may but touch His clothes. She said, I shall be whole. And you know what? And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt as in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about the press and said unto him, Who touched my clothes? He knew exactly who it was. But the problem was he wanted her to be able to say. Uh, and the disciples started wondering. He says, What do you mean who touched me? There's all kinds of people around. Uh, and he says, Daughter, I'm going to read the 34th verse. Thy faith hath made thee whole. He said, You go in peace. All these other people are here in unbelief. 
unbelief. He said, but you found belief and you're going to find peace in your life. You know what I believe in? I believe today that we, when we have faith and we have belief in God, we're going to find peace in our life. And you know what? And it says, in the whole of thy plague. You know what he's trying to tell her there? He says, your affliction? He said, it's gone. Folks, when God saves your soul, it's gone. You're never going to be lost again. How many things in your life can God cast away from you and remove? Help thou my unbelief. Is there anything in your life that's hindering you? Is there anything in your life that is, is stopping you? For what we said a while ago is that he wanted to do these miracles, but he couldn't because the people had, did not believe in him. For John chapter 12 in the 37th verse, he says, But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. You know what, today, time and time again, we see that God wants to do things in our life. And you know what? God does them. He provides for that. But this father said, Lord, I believe. He says, But now help thou my unbelief. Isn't it amazing how we can go from one end to the other and just in a moment like that? You know what? We can go from the unbelief to belief just as fast. This morning, is there anything or anybody here this morning that can raise your hand? And I'm not saying physically raise your hand but can raise your hand as far as counting you amongst those that say, there's things that I, I pray that could happen, but that my faith would grow in that. Because you know what the Bible says? If your faith is, is but of a grain of a mustard seed, that's about the size of a, the, 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 the tip of my pen. He said, if, if the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, he said, you could tell a mountain to be removed and it would. He said, you could tell a sycamore tree to be gone. And you know what? He says, it would be gone. That's what faith will do. And you know what I love about a mustard seed? When you put it in the ground, it's not going to be just a seed. It's going to grow. Folks, once you test something out, you know what you do? You try a little bit more. Then you test it out and you try a little bit more. And you know what happens? It grows and it grows and it grows. I pray for a great growing of faith and belief in our Lord Jesus Christ. For I'll tell you this, if you will... When we say of all the things God cannot do, you know what today? If you lack an unbelief, do you think God can help you with that? Absolutely he can. And I pray that he would do that for you just this morning. I want us to get us a song this morning if we could.